been an interesting start. I mean, we had volcanic activities in Philippines, Mexico, Peru, right. Iceland. Right. You know, just right. Earth- we had, yeah, we had earthquakes. Yep. Um, I mean, together we went to Puerto Rico just after this massive earthquakes. And I think even up to this day, they're still happening. They've been having like, I think, 2,000 plus yeah, since yeah. the beginning of the year, right? And, you know, yeah. you know, what's interesting about that is is that the aftershock, specifically in Puerto Rico, is what's fascinating. Typically, we see a very strong earthquake, and then there's a lot of significant aftershocks right after, but then it tapers off after a time, and that's not the, that's not the case of what we saw in Puerto Rico, where the aftershocks right. actually continued many months after the initial event, and right. um, that's what's very unusual. And even yeah. just recently here, the, the, the earthquake in Utah, it was a 5.7. Uh, on the Richter scale, that was very concerning for people living there in Utah, which is not Salt Lake City is not a typical place um, where they're used to earthquakes. Um, so yeah. uh, there's a lot of concern. Right, and, and even today uh, there was an earthquake in Croatia, which is very unusual. Like I, I grew up in Serbia, which is a country bordering Croatia. I've never heard of a earthquake. I mean, there was one in the 70s in Macedonia. But like this earthquake was 5.4 mm. uh, and it was felt in Bosnia and uh, obviously Croatia being the, the epicenter, Hungary, Slovenia, Austria. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're definitely seeing some unprecedented, uh, you know, events taking place. And, you know, uh, and, yeah. And just for our listeners, so that so that they understand a little bit about earthquakes, um, you know, it said that that for every point you go up on the Richter scale, so the difference mm-hmm. the difference in an earthquake of, of a magnitude of four versus a magnitude of five is ten times stronger every point you go up. So um, exponentially, you grow quite a bit just moving two or three points on the Richter scale. Um, wow. And so when you move into a difference between a point, I mean a five point zero versus a six point zero versus mm-hmm. a seven point zero, you can see why. Well, man, it didn't move up that much on the Richter scale, but you know exponentially, each time it moves up, it's ten right. times stronger than the wow. previous previous point. Yeah, that's a good point. That's good to keep in mind. So we also have wars and rumors of wars, like you yeah, know what happened in Iran with. Uh, uh, military in- intervention of U.S. Yep. and then the retaliation of the Iranian government, where they shot a civilian airplane. Uh, you know, yep. it, it was very escalating. Of course, we still have the um, conflict in Syria, yep. and uh, you know, there's so many wars going on and conflicts that people don't even, you know, hear about or know about because we're in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, you know, right, <laughs> right. now. Right. Yeah. I, I don't even think we can keep up with the disasters. You know, uh, in fact, we just had a team on the ground in Tennessee, um, you know, that responding to the tornado that uh, started outside of Nashville. There was actually several tornadoes. I think it was seven different tornadoes with a combined destructive trail from Nashville, 85 miles to the to the east. Um, and, and that's unprecedented. We haven't seen like, I mean, a continuous destructive trail, 85 miles long. Um, yeah. it's unreal. And so it, it's difficult to even remember what happened um, a week ago because now we're gripped in this in the middle of this incredible pandemic um, and the fear that mm-hmm. is um, extending all over the globe. Yeah, I know when the uh, World Health Organization uh, declared a pandemic, I was thinking now they would need to declare another emergency called panic. 
uh, right. it's it seems to be even even more impactful than what's happening but you know we'll just have to watch and see but you know uh, sometimes I wonder are we reading headlines or are we reading pages from the Bible you know if you think about it right Matthew 24 it right. is a sermon on the Mount of Olives where Jesus gives an answer to his followers he tells them what the signs would be before he comes mm. and if you if you look in Matthew 24 verse 6 it says and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars mm. see that you not be troubled all for all these things must come to pass mm. but the end is not yet and then he goes right. on and says in verse 7 for nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there shall be famines and pestilence wow. and earthquakes in diverse or different places and right. then he ends this section by saying in verse 8 all these all these are the beginnings of sorrows wow so wow yeah we you know we didn't even cover famines you know that that right. is that that's one category of itself that we didn't even look at but is always there um in fact in, in terms what about locusts yeah it, yeah in fact that, that was something i was going to say was you know locusts in i think ethiopia right yeah. now mm-hmm. uh, the headlines that i've been reading on on the locust plague that is there in in uh, that part of Africa, it, they're saying is like of biblical proportions. Yeah. And, you know, the whole countries are being decimated uh, agriculturally because these locusts are destroying the food supply. Right. And now you've been telling me earlier about uh, comparing this to what we read in Luke 21. Uh, so you want to share that with us? Yeah. So it's a, a great point. There's another section there in Scripture, Luke 21, 25 to 27. And this is what um, Jesus is also saying as well. He says, there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations mm. with perplexity. Wow. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming upon the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Wow, that's amazing. You know, you, you read here, it says the seas, the sea and the waves roaring. You know, that reminds me of tsunamis. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it's right. pretty interesting. And we don't even, you know, have time to talk about that. But, no. uh, you know, people are wondering now what is taking place. Uh, I mean, what does it all mean? Is this a harbinger of? of some you know the end of the world or the doomsday or whatever you know people may think of but you know if you go back to matthew 24 and verse 7 jesus used right. a very interesting word now it says and all this these are the beginnings of sorrows so if you look at mm-hmm. the the greek word behind the word sorrows it basically means a labor pain and so mm-hmm. you know you're you're a nurse you know this uh, you know you have children but right. every every woman that gave birth that I've ever heard can confirm this, and you know some of our listeners that the closer to the delivery of a child, the pains are what they're more frequent, yeah, they are more intense, and yep. that's exactly what we're seeing. Yes, there's always been disasters, but this is unprecedented. the The frequency, the intensity, the intensity. The in- yep. yeah, the intensity. The impact is just amazing. It's off the charts. And we're yeah. constantly, you, you hear in the, on the Weather yep. Channel and other, they're like, oh, we're going to have to change the, the criteria of, you know, this disaster right. and that disaster. Right. So, right. pretty amazing. It, it, 
that, you know, that's a great, great point that you make because we had talked about in a previous episode looking at our world in data. Yeah. And that chart from Oxford University and I think Stanford is on there and there's a lot of other leading uh, universities are contributing to this data. But mm-hmm. um, when you look at that data um, that's been collected, you actually see something very similar to what we see in um, if you're working on a labor and delivery unit in the hospital. Yeah. Because in a, in a labor and delivery unit in the hospital, we, we have this monitoring device that goes on the belly to measure um, the intensity and frequency of contractions. And there's a little paper that prints out from the machine that gives you a, a physical reading of those contractions so you can look at them. Mm-hmm. And, and when a woman first comes in, when she's you know, beginning um, labor, sometimes we have things called Braxton Hicks contractions. Now, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not true labor at this point. They're actually kind of what we call false labor signs. Um, and, uh, you know, the progression is not going to be very quickly at that point. And so sometimes they even send women home. They say, well, you're not quite there yet. Um, you know, go home and labor at home. And then when it gets closer in time and when it gets more intense, you know, usually like when you're talking about two minutes apart, you're contracting at two minutes apart, then come in because delivery may be, you know, very soon after that. Yeah. Um, and so that's exactly what we see here. And this was a great reference. What Jesus was saying is he was actually giving us an incredible analogy for women in labor and comparing that to the end of time what we would see and when you look at that chart our world and data it, it it is exactly like that you see kind of this you know intense period and then it kind of drops off a little bit and it goes down and then you see another intense period and drops off and goes down a little bit but the trend if you look at the trend over time you see that we are we are increasing and increasing and increasing we're not getting back to baseline normal um and so that that is what is is so incredible about the data that we see um, and it reminds me actually of Paul who backs this very same concept up in first Thessalonians 5 3 mm-hmm. because Paul, Paul says for when they say peace and safety then sudden destruction comes upon them as a la- as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape mm-hmm. so um, this is where we have to be careful because um, right now we're in a very intense period. We're under a worldwide pandemic that is now disrupting our entire global economy. Right. And there are some very significant uh, consequences that are happening because of this. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me and say, do you think this is like the end of the end? Or is this the beginning where we're just going to we're going to spiral <laughs> down out of control? And, and yeah, then we're going to see all these crazy things that the Bible's talked about or maybe even, you know, what, whatever worldview they hold, they say, you know, is this the very end? And I can say with confidence that, no, I, I don't believe we're going to see the end just yet mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of what scripture says and because of the yeah. analogy of a woman in, in labor. Right. And and actually, I'm really thankful that, that this is the way God has designed both childbirth and the final events to take place at the end of time. Because if you can imagine, if, if we just continue to skyrocket out of control in terms of intensity, nobody would survive. Yeah. You know, like th- this would be absolutely awful. Yeah. But but thankfully, and I'm sure every woman can attest to this, thankfully that after a really intense contraction, you get a break and you get you get time to breathe. Now, it would be foolish of a woman who is in true labor when she gets a break to say, you know what, I'm going to check myself out of the hospital and I'm going to go home yeah. and I'm going to you know, make myself a sandwich 
and I'm going to go about life as normal because I really don't think that this baby is going to be coming anytime soon. Um, and, and that's why Paul says this. He says that mm. you know people are going to say peace and safety. Right. So things are things are going to return to somewhat of a baseline normal. It won't be the normal that it was before. Right. But people are going to return to a baseline normal, and then they're going to say, "Hey, th- peace and safety. Let's invest. Let's let's do all these things that we did before." And then all of a sudden, boom. Here comes another contraction. Yeah, it's human nature to uh, hope for for be- best and better. And I hear people a lot say, "Oh, it's gonna get better." Just today, I went to Chipotle, and uh-huh. you know, I, I didn't see any person there but the four workers. So it was kind of strange. Uh, so I asked one of the girls. Uh, I said, "How is it going?" You know, in terms of the business and so forth. She is like, "We're we are down twenty five hundred in revenue." But then wow. she said, you know, but it'll get better. You know, it's, it's her hope. And so, you know, it's, it's just a human nature, right? And, uh, and I think you just reminded me of something that we really need to do. And I think we're going to do a whole episode of talking about the sequence of events from Bible perspective in terms of what can we expect next and then leading all up to the end to Jesus coming. So people can know because a lot of people are saying, is this part of the seven last plagues, you know, this pandemic or is that? It's right. like people are confused what comes next. So that's very important, you know, uh, right. very important to know the sequence because the Bible gives us that and we, we would do well to, to take heed. So, you right. know, uh, so we talked about a lot about different things that are happening around the world. Uh, but one question a lot of people wonder right now is, so what can we practically do about it, you know? something mm. we can do yeah you know and and there are some really great things that we can do practically um and i think number one is we need to critically think about these things from maybe perhaps a fresh perspective maybe we thought of these things um in the way the world thinks about these things um you know science has a lot of answers out there and sometimes they don't have answers you know there's a lot of scientists around that are puzzled why are we seeing this type of activity like we've never seen before and and i believe you're going to see a lot of answers from the scientific community that are going to explain this from any position except for the real position that needs to be understood mm-hmm. and this is why the bible is so powerful about this because if you look at what we looked at there in luke um 21 you know uh jesus lays out basically a very general timeline when he says that you're going to see these signs in the earth and then men's hearts are going to be failing them for fear so there's going to be a lot of panic not just pandemics there's going to be panic across yeah. the world um but then the very next event is that we're going to see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory so this is this is the context in which in which we must frame this discussion is that if the bible is true mm-hmm. if jesus is coming again then it is very important to realize um this this perspective like we need to stop and we need to think that's number one right um you know and in matthew 6 uh 19 and 20 um jesus again uh in this in the sermon on the mount he gives us some really incredible advice um there which is applicable to us in this time now he says lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth mm. where moth and rust do corrupt and where thieves break through and steal but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth does rust no neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through or steal and so this is incredible advice that we're given because 
there, there's part of I think the human nature that wants to doomsday prepare. Right. You know, you see a lot of this on online. You see people selling bunkers. Um, you see people selling, you know, food and ways to prepare food. And not to say that preparation is all bad. Right. But um, what I can say with confidence is that is that really when we talk about disasters, from our experiences as first responders into disasters. You cannot actually fully prepare for some of these disasters because、yes. they are so large in scale, because they're so large in scope that they catch the world off guard. I mean, even look at this pandemic. Like two weeks ago, maybe, or even let's just say three or four weeks ago, nobody would have ever thought that our economy was so fragile that a pandemic on this scale and this nature would have brought the whole world to a grinding halt.、Um, and so, but here we are. So you know you can prepare as best you can, but I guarantee you, the next disaster that's coming to coming to the town near you,、um, you won't be you won't be fully prepared. So if that's the case, how can we actually not just physically be prepared, but how more importantly, how could we actually be spiritually prepared? And I think this this means that we need to have a new perspective, an eternal perspective.、Mm-hmm. Um, and you know this is the thesis that the Bible is putting out. If Jesus is coming soon. Then what weight does that have? What bearing does that have on our lives today? Right. You know that's a great point because, you know, we got to stop and think about what the Bible actually says instead of just doing like everybody else. You know, running around and just trying to survive to, to 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 provide for ourselves. You know, another、right. another principle the Bible gives us is how we can remain calm in the midst of disaster. You know. I'm reminded of、uh, the story in the Bible of the disciples on the boat in in、mm. the in the storm with Jesus. What were they、yeah. busy doing? They were busy trying to save themselves, and they、right. were,、uh, you know, laboring. I mean, these were experienced fishermen who have seen many a storm, but they、mm. realized this is it. You know, we cannot.、Right. No matter what the skills they had and experiences, and how great the boat was, I mean, you know. They, they were overwhelmed. Yeah, they were overwhelmed, and then they realized, as the last resort, it was like, oh, you know, where's Jesus? Like, and that's what a lot of people、right. often do is when everything fails, they're like, I guess all I can do is pray. Well,、mm. you know, instead of being the first thing that we should do, and you know,、right. the Bible gives us incredible promises, especially in the times we are living in, and one of them is found in Psalms. Fifty-six and verse three, which says,、mm-hmm. "When what time I'm afraid, I will trust in Thee."、Mm-hmm. You know, so、wow. we don't have to fear what's、right. coming or what's around us. We can have that peace, like Jesus was asleep on the boat, not because he didn't care, not because、right. he didn't know what was happening, but because he had a perfect confidence in his Father. Also, think about Peter, who was、mm-hmm. on a death row. What was he doing the night before his execution? Uh, he was sleeping. He was asleep, and an angel came、yeah. and tapped him and woke him up. Like how many people are sleeping like a, a peaceful sleep before they're executed, right? right? I mean, right. it's not something that you know you can imagine, and yet it's not natural. Yeah, it's not natural. Usually, people people panic. What was Paul and Silas? What were they doing in the Philippian dungeon in Macedonia? They, I mean, they were singing. They were singing, and that that doesn't happen,、uh, you know, naturally. That's A result of having God's peace in our hearts. They were praising God. They were singing psalms because psalms were, you know, most of them were written as songs. So, so we we definitely 
want to encourage anyone listening to take advantage of the opportunity. Now there's no, you know, uh, most of, of the programming on TV is all about the pandemic. A lot of right. entertainment is cut down, sports, so forth. Right. It's good time to it, it's a good time to get acquainted with God's word. So we right. we recommend st- uh, reading and memorizing psalms like Psalm 91. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know you mentioned earlier uh, some other psalms like 46. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and also there's a great promise in Second Timothy 1:7 where Paul recorded and said, "For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power." Mm-hmm and of love and of a sound mind so so we encourage each one of us uh that we should not buy into the world's spirit of fear you know if we if we listen too much to what the world says then we start thinking like the world you know and that's That's not what god wants us to do we don't have to fear and worry because we have god and we have his promises who is more powerful than Mm -hmm. the circumstances and just uh, right. another promise in John 16:33, it says, Jesus says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace. In mm. the world you will have tribulation, mm. but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Wow. Wow. Yeah, man, those are powerful. What, what an incredible opportunity for us to, to take hope. You know, even in the midst of disaster again, you know, and that brings us actually to our third point is that once we realize that we stop and we think and we're critically analyzing the situation for what it is and we take a moment to breathe and to remain calm and to fill our minds with with good things that are going to give us courage and hope, um, then we can take action, you know, and, and, and this is where it's really exciting because, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are struggling with fear of the situation. Mm-hmm. They, they have no idea what's coming upon the earth. Their hearts are failing them for fear. And here's, here is the incredible opportunities that we actually can, can be um, of service to others who need help. And so serving others, that's our third point, mm-hmm. um, is, is something that we can practically do. And this is why Gideon Rescue Company actually exists, is because we firmly believe that in serving others, it is one of the greatest remedies, um, not only for what the world faces in, in the challenges that we see in disasters, but it's also an incredible remedy um, to our own uh, health and perspective uh, in the world. So uh, there's no better opportunity than to help others at this time. And, and the reason is because we need each other, you know, like community is so important. Um, and I, I would just encourage anybody that, you know, once once you kind of carry some of these promises in your heart and you see that, that God gives you this peace that passes understanding, if you were to share that peace with someone else, you know, um, it, it can change their perspective um, or even change their lives. And uh, this is what's so amazing. You know, like, what about what about some of our neighbors and our friends? Maybe we have older mm-hmm. neighbors and in, in the wake of this pandemic, you know, I, I can only imagine what some of our older, um, you know, population must be going through at this moment because they see the world is in chaos and, um, you know, they, they can't maybe go to the store they maybe can't even get the basics in food or groceries or even mm-hmm. uh, medicines that they may need because they're fearful that they may catch this virus, which has an 80% mortality rate for our older population. Right. Um, 
So uh, not an 80% mortality rate, but that 80% of the population that's infected is elderly um, is of the, of the elderly population. Right. So, you know, imagine if we could ease some of their burdens and ease some of their fears and check on check in on them. Hey, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, how are you guys doing? Um, are you guys okay? Is there anything I can do for you? Um, can I go to the store for you? Um, you know, um, that would be incredible. And there's there's a phenomenon that happens in this. When we start looking to other people's needs, we soon forget just how um, large our problems actually are. Um, because we see others around us and we, and we say, wow, like these people are really struggling. Um, it makes my needs look very insignificant. Right. You know, what you just said, there is a Bible verse I was thinking about in Philippians 2.4, which says... Let each of you look not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Mm. So that is what we as Christians should be doing. We should be looking after others, you know, like you mentioned, elderly, widows. Uh, right. What about uh, single people or those who don't have anybody around? And, you know, we can right. be an encouragement for them, for them as well. Uh, yeah. So, well, thank you for... Uh, for sharing some of these incredible principles and promises and uh you know we're looking forward yeah. to another episode uh and we hope that you will you know find courage in god's word in his promises right. and that you will you know take this time to to uh have a relationship with the lord and help others so uh we we encourage you to spend time in god's word every day and we look forward yeah. to share uh, more with you in our next episode God bless. That's right.